0: Welcome back to the Broadway block on today's episode. We're going to go over the draft, and we're going to go over the free agent signings that our man Chris Drury did for us. Steve, what are you more excited about? Gabe Perot or the Blake Wheeler signing? What How are you feeling these days?
1: Um, So the Gabe Perot is definitely the, the highlight of the weekend The you know, the last week or, or so of news, in my opinion, at least um, Wheeler is definitely a solid addition for 800 K But I don't think it moves the needle as much as folks are making it out to seem. I think people are just mostly uh, impressed with Jury's ability to fill some of these holes without really breaking the bank because we really didn't have a whole lot of money to spend.
0: Yeah, I think for what he had, like, you know, he didn't all the people are really on one year contracts. So like, it's kind of like, see what they can do. We're almost, it's almost like bridge contracts. We gave to free agency. Like, you know, I think quick got like 800 K mm-hmm. I think Benino didn't get that much. Like, you know, so for what we had and what the purse allowed us to spend, I think we did quite well, but you know, it's live or die. Like, you know, we're stuck with our top six pretty much almost cause they're locked in the big contracts. So we got to shuffle these other pieces in, and after the disappointing playoff performance, I got to think that we just needed fresh faces in there. As much as Tyler Mott did great down on the fourth line, it just, it it didn't fully click, you know? So I'm okay with like maybe Nick Bonino's fourth line center. What do you think? Actually, I got to, I'll rephrase the question. Anybody like the Tarasenko going to the Canes or Us not giving Kane a contract or Mikola signing with Florida. Like, is there anybody you're really disappointed to see go, Steve?
1: So the Tarasenko signing is apparently not completely finished just yet. They have been reporting that he's been down between um, Carolina and a few other teams. But we were kind of doing the mental math like this whole time. It's like it didn't really seem like it was ever really a possibility to resign him, especially having to address as many needs as like you mentioned to like a backup goalie. If we don't get Halak, Miller and Laugh
0: contract, whatever we're doing with them,
1: and that and it seems like with you know the five to six mil or whatever we have left, um, if you look around the league at some comparable contracts for for folks like that, um, Bo and Byram just got you know about three and a half million, so that's kind of roughly speaking where you would expect Miller to get, and then Laugh should probably get the rest of it, and it's going to leave us with not a lot of wiggle room regardless. So. It seems like there's a commitment there. I really like that Drury shot down the rumors of like...
0: Even after they he shot down the rumors, I still saw... You got to love the oh, New yeah. York media. I still saw another two articles that like the Habs should offer Sheet laugh that yeah. they're still going to trade him. And I'm like, he just came out and said, we're not trading laugh And LaViolette, like what, three weeks ago, was like, we got to get these young guys involved. Everybody knows it's this season or like, you know, this time next year, if laugh has about the same season as he had, maybe fresh scenery but for now you gotta you gotta rock with that guy
1: yeah i think there's too much upside especially with a new coach um and the age uh considering cost control there's a lot of things that go into why i think that the organization won't give up on him just yet and i think you're right like the media is always going to say that but i mean it's kind of just new york sports right that like you're always going to get some like beat writer to be like they should do this, even though it's completely the opposite.
0: Even if we got happen. Jack Hughes over, laugh like let's say that he was available in that draft, they'd still be ripping him. He didn't do yeah. anything in the playoffs. Blah blah blah. Is he ever gonna be the top line center? You know? Yeah. So it is.
1: Yeah, I was I was curious to to hear what you thought too, because you know we mentioned the, briefly the uh, Jonathan Quick signing. You know, there's a lot of Rangers fans. Myself basically included i would say i'm willing to forgive and forget but there's a lot of people that aren't exactly welcoming him as a as a backup because of the the past trauma i don't
0: i don't blame quick like so for example last year we had the rumors of like we obviously needed a defenseman we saw that all year uh we saw what Alec Martinez did for the Vegas Knights during the playoffs. He looked like 2014 Alec Martinez. Right. So there was some rumors about him maybe us making an offer sheet for him last year. We obviously never saw that come to fruition, but that guy, him coming to the Rangers, I would have booed opening night because he really was a dagger in that 2014 series. Like, you know, Quick was just there. Like, you know, he wasn't the guy putting the exclamation point on. Like, yeah, he did made great saves. He matched Tank's play, but Alec Martinez, him and Gabrick really killed us.
1: Yeah, um, I think he's going to be a fantastic backup. I think for 800K, that's a that's a steal of a deal.
0: He was looking good for Vegas. Like, you know, I really do think it's a steal. And let's be honest, like Kalak didn't get going for a while. Like, I think Quick will get going right away. I think Quick watched the Rangers as a kid. I think he wanted to be a Ranger. And I think he's going to do good work for the Rangers.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. And I also feel like you know it was funny too. Talk about the media to kind of come a little bit full circle that they were quick to say that he is going to be this mentor to Igor, and they they interview him and quicks like, I don't need a mentor, Igor. It's Igor, and even he knows that being a, an LA King that like you know this guy this guy is really really good. I just need to worry about winning games when I'm in net. That's exactly what he said. It's like he ge- I think he gets the transition from a vet to being a backup for you know from from being a starter for his whole career and being the guy that everyone leaned into to now being a a three cup Stanley Cup winner um has shown over the course of his career that he's adaptable and i mean who knows what value he played to the knights when hill was the guy in net you know we don't know the behind the scenes conversations but quick seems like a guy that you know you can lean on as far as like the veteran presence is concerned. And obviously Igor doesn't need it, but it can only help in the locker room for sure.
0: I got a question for you, Steve. So we saw like, you know, the Devils give Jack Hughes contract, like uh, was he even in his final year of his contract. I don't even think so. Now we've seen the Islanders give Sorokin an eight year, $66 million extension. Obviously we have Igor locked up for a couple of years here, but how does that, these other teams affect us going forward, like you know, giving these contracts. Do you think Igor has played better than Sorokin? Obviously Sorokin was up for the Vesna last year, did not beat out Olmark, but it didn't seem like anyone was going to beat out Ol- Olmark last year. But um do you think that, that contract's gonna hurt Igor in the long run when we're trying to pay him in a couple of years?
1: So I'll I'll akin the conversation to uh, McCar and Fox. So we saw McCar get this, you know, nine million dollar, uh, huge extension. And a lot of people would argue that McCar is the better defenseman. However, if you remember, Fox got just a touch more than McCar did. Shosturkin will likely be due just a little bit more. I do think that he's a little bit more of a household name at this point in their career. Although people really opened their eyes, it seems like le- this last season to how good Sorokin, Sorokin actually is. It is a good barometer. It's going to come in around that, like eight and a half to nine million dollar a year. I mean, we have him in the prime of his career on a cost-controlled contract for the next two years at under $6 million. So now's the time to capitalize for sure.
0: Definitely. So we obviously we drafted Gabe Perot. Uh, the consensus was that he would have went a little higher. I think he, everybody's bored, Pierre Maguire, everybody had him almost up in top fun, top five, definitely top 10. So seems like a common trend that we've been getting these guys, you know, that, a little bit of a steal. Like you remember Schneider's draft. We were happy with Miller. Um, what are you excited about with Gabe Perot coming coming into the fold?
1: Just a few callouts uh for Gabe Perot's draft eligible season. He shattered Austin Matthews' record by 15 points playing for the United States National Team Development Program. I mean, he played on a very good team, so did Jack Hughes, so did Austin Matthews, but his vision is absolutely insane. And the guys that he's playing with, sure. We're both drafted in you know, the top 15, respectively, in, in the draft. So obviously, there's that. But what it looks like to me is that his skating has really put him a notch below the rest of his draft class. And I'll tell you what, Joe, for what you can improve upon, you can't teach hockey IQ. You can't teach the passing ability. You can't teach the playmaking ability, the hands. But you can teach somebody how to skate a little bit better. So I'm really excited about getting Gabe the way we did because... You know, there's a lot of talk before the draft started about how we're going to trade up and, you know, maybe package the pick or or something like that or take a chance on a guy because it would be very Rangers if we did. Somebody was throwing out. Imagine if we drafted a goalie. It's like, I'm so glad that we just kind of kept our head above water and and where it was supposed to be. We chose the best guy available. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Othman pick, though they play a completely different style. It reminded me of the Othman pick because it's like, yeah, sure, he's a left winger that says he can play right wing. You just take the best guy available and we, we really need help at forward. I believe I think that we can steady our defense as the team builds and as the team goes along. But we really lack that, like, you know, game time caliber player up front. Uh, so that's what I'm excited for for Gabe.
0: I didn't like, you know, I I watched like pre-draft stuff for a couple of weeks always. But, you know, you don't really see these guys play. It's kind of hard to get their footage. Like you only see the highlights that are out there. So I kept seeing his name come up but I didn't really think we would be in an option for him. You know, you never know how the draft goes. Like look at last year, there was right. like three trades within the first like 10 minutes of the draft. So I don't really hold too much weight until the day of the draft. Um, But I was happy. Like this guy looks like he wants to be there. He played, like you said, shattered Austin Matthews record. Like he just looks like a fast electric player that we need to like, you know, I felt times last year we looked pretty stale. Um the next point I'm gonna bring up is that at that point you can you know we did everything this off season already to try to retool we got like I said in the beginning of the episode we're kind of stuck with those big contracts with people so we have to build around that um so jury bringing in Laviolette uh I don't know if you saw some of the guys he brought in, but they are probably some guys that could be head coaches in the league highly respected assistants so that's Good to see a switch up there. Then, like I said, we touched on on the free agency on how um we we're stuck on bargain deals, but I'm okay with them. You know, it's kind of like fantasy hockey; like the wingers are there, and you, you got to take them when you can. Also, then back to the same point with the draft; like we took the best man available. So, like we're doing everything that we possibly can, but it's just hard when you know, like you know, the other teams that were in on Tarasenko were the Sens and the bolts so it's like it's just like obviously the sens who knows what's going on with them if they're ever get sold what's happening we thought they were going to be better than they were last year they weren't um but like it's great to see like you know i would want Tarasenko to go to the sens as opposed to the canes or the bolts because you know they're good teams like look at the metropolitan it was wide open during the playoffs but it wasn't all year right. so we're going to have to come and we're going to have to be a better team and we're going to have to have a new identity um, something I saw recently in a couple of Jack Hughes interviews as he's been out on his Jack Hughes tour, apparently that he even thinks like, you know, the devs got lucky. They just cruised with it. They rolled with it. They went with it and they had a good season, but he doesn't think they proved anything.
1: No, I was just, I was just fucking with people on Twitter.
0: I, I love it. Uh, so, anybody who wants to know, Steve's been going hard at Twitter recently, the last couple of <laughs> weeks. It's very easy to get a rise out of Devils fans they're feeling like you know they almost won a Stanley Cup last year by beating us in the first round
1: you know and maybe this is just what we get full circle now because we were so adamant that we were gonna like win it all at the season removed from uh going to the the semifinals there but it's like this is what you feel like after you have a little bit of playoff success It's like you're like we're unstoppable this is what's gonna this is just gonna be for granted and but the
0: I- real people know hockey like you and Johnny Laz were like I could see a first round exit. Yeah. Like, Uh, and boom, that's exact. And we all talked about it. Like if Gerard Gallant doesn't get like more past the first round, then he's gone. Yeah. And And exactly what happened
1: online. They're like, what a bold claim to make that you think the Rangers are going to finish above the devils. It's like, what if I said that last July, would it have been a bold claim at all? You know, like you, you went into the season, not even expecting to make the playoffs, let alone finish above the Rangers. So if I said it a year ago, would it have been that crazy?
0: Everybody who follows us on Twitter, they can see what Steve's been doing out there. And some Devils fans are realistic. They're like, we haven't got done shit and we're going to we need a goalie. You know, we do see some people out there saying that. And that's what I've been saying. Like, you can make the lines great, but like, it's a balancing act. We saw the 2014 Stanley Cup, like. Hank did it all, but we didn't have the best team in front of him to score and win the games. Like it's vice versa. You can have the best team out there. Look at the Oilers. But if you don't have a goalie doing it, his thing back there, that's why it's great having Igor back there night in and
1: night out. I, f- I firmly believe that we're privileged having Igor. And we, we take it for granted that, you know, we don't have to worry about goalie. And there's teams in the league that, you know, we've talked about this before on the show that kind of choose to build around a cheap goalie and, and build everything up up, up front. And I don't know if you've seen enough of a Akira Schmidt to really lean on him as a full. I mean, he's a fifth round pick. It's not like this was like the consensus guy that they've they've thought for years was going to be their guy. You get better on paper, sure. You bring in a guy like Toffoli. You know, I think the team has gotten better on paper. But so did the Rangers last year. The Rangers did what they did. They got better on paper. They came into this season and they laid an egg. And whether you, you had kind of brought up the Halak thing, whether that be that they can't get good backup goaltending, like, do you think they're going to go on the same winning streaks as they did? I just feel like a little bit of, you know, realistic thought would do them some good as far as a fan base. Sure. Are they going to be a threat all year? It pains me to say it. Yeah, they'll probably be a threat.
0: <laughs> they faced the best team in the Metropolitan with the Canes. And like, we, like you said, we laid an egg a lot last year. We laid it in October, came into the playoffs, laid an egg because You saw what Akira Schmidt did against the Canes, like a high-powered offense. Nothing. They were flip. Lindy was flip-flopping back and forth between goaltenders. You know, so I just don't see that figured out. Obviously, it's nice having the two top. Their top lines are pretty locked up with Toffoli, Hughes, Nico, all them, everybody. So, but you gotta. It's the same thing as the Rangers. You gotta deliver pen to paper.
1: Yeah. And they lock up Timo Meyer. And I, I think there's something to be said about what they're doing. I think that they're getting guys on nice contracts and, you know, they're building around for the next, you know, however long, I'm you know, a lot of these guys are locked in long-term and it's going to be a while before they're a bad team, but I, I don't see, I don't see the the undeniable factors just yet. And I think that that comes, like you said, with, with locking up a goalie who's you know, there was some conversation about Hellebuck. I mean, like, if you flip that and they get, you know, they do something different up front and they bring in somebody like Hellebuck, like, I might have to, like, bow out and be like, ah, this team's really good now. Because Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, I just, I- I'm a realist. So, like, I can admit when a team's better than the Rangers, some, like, they got more going for them. Like, look at the Canes. Like, I'm thinking the Canes are getting, right. they get Teresanko. They're The Rich is getting richer and, like, you know.
1: Right. And that's the problem, I think, is that, tarasenko signing it's just like they never run out of money like it's like when now we're talking like when we talk about pittsburgh like how did they how do they even have it available to them to do that but you know we'll see what ends up happening with that contract but tarasenko i think does push them not above the edge because they they were literally the second best team in the league last year it's like they're another team like how much better can you really get you just have to kind of stay Consistent with what they're well, doing. Well, I with, think you know, I think obviously
0: bringing Teresenko a couple guys here and there, and then if they don't do anything this year, you got to think Brendamore is out, right? They need a whole retool then.
1: I, you know, I think that I think that Moore ha- is, if you look at the way they play, I think Moore is the reason why they have that like relentless. Just you know, they're never. They're never in a no, spot. No, I, I, tol-
0: I totally agree. They're relentless. They play like how, I don't know if you ever saw how Brendan Moore played. Like, he was relentless, tough, like, tough player. So they play that style of game, but we're up to, like, four or five years. Like, right. when do you when do you cap it? Like, you got to look at, like, look, the Tampa Bay Lightning 2015 Stanley Cup went, lost to Chicago. Everybody was like, oh, maybe they're good, maybe they're not good. They really obviously the tax the income luxury tax down there helped them out but um besides that they they only got better and
1: they only get better and then it it creates a spot where people want to go so you're able to attract the Tarasenko's and the people that you know want to come sign there as like their first choice and like if it sends over uh, Keynes, if that's really what he's debating it's like what's the what's the choice if if the if the offer's on the table for the carolina hurricanes i think you take it and i think everyone around the league sees those as places that they want to end up. And if you think about the teams that are good, a lot of them don't have cap space. So, you know, if you want to But go they to find a, a way
0: team, to make it work. Good teams find a way to still get the player they want in, you know?
1: Well, I think the Leafs have retooled pretty well. I mean, you can make the same jokes as you did about the Rangers or, or fans did about the Rangers getting like tougher, quote unquote. But they've flipped the switch since Dubas left. I mean, signing guys like Bertuzzi. I mean, they've Reeves, Domi like they've made a commitment to kind of being like a really like snarly team that they still have probably the best top six in the in the league, maybe, you know. So it's it's kind of like coming down to if you look at the fan duel odds and things like that, we're still in like the top like six, I I feel like for for making the, the cup final. So I'll take it. You know, we're in a good spot, I feel like
0: we just same thing as last year. Pen the paper. Got to deliver.
1: Who do you think is your Metro standout? You know, we can do some some detailed um, predictions, but before you bounce, what do you think is going to be the biggest surprise coming out of the Metro this year?
0: I think Columbus is going to be, like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be jockeying a little bit for, like, you know, at the beginning of the season, like, you know, giving the Met a little run for their money, and obviously I think they'll fade off, but obviously the Flyers are selling. Yeah, I got to think Columbus will be the one team you don't see, like, coming a little bit that gives gives us a hard time which they gave us a hard time last year anyway for some god knows why but i think columbus will shock people a little bit this year i think they'll be like i said trying to make a little playoff push until they can't
1: do you think this is the year that we see a full-on tank and rebuild from the caps and the pens
0: no, because I think Kyle Dubas knows that he's in the last window. I think he'll do what he has to for the Pens to kind of retool like they always do and give it one more shot with the with the Malkins and Crosbys of the world. Caps, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's kind of like uh, football with Tom Brady. Like when you have one of the best players in the world, like it's hard to not think you have an opportunity, you know, with Ovechkin. Like I said, at the beginning of last year, they had a lot of injuries. So we'll see how they do.
1: No, I think you're another
0: team that still gave us a hard time last year, even though they could be rebuilding soon.
1: Pittsburgh as the fourth spot was my prediction for last year. And I, I kind of think I stand by, stand by that, but well, I mean the Metro is going to be a really interesting conversation this year because if Sorokin can put on a performance like he did and keep the Islanders in the conversation, maybe they even get better over the course of the season. I could see them making a push for it as well, but yeah, I think firmly save save that
0: islanders talk for next week's episode with maddie jack we know he has a secret love coming from the island
1: yeah maybe we could do a full circle uh round of predictions with maddie jack over the offseason but as always thanks again brother it's always a pleasure to chat with you Steve.
0: let's go rangers
1: we'll chat soon brother
0: be well thanks steve